Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 280 of Film Bastards. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster. Hello, uh, guys. And... Uh, Ian Moring. Um, they, they've started selling Beavertown in uh, the Marks and Spencers in Cardiff, which is very exciting. Ooh, which, which one are you on? Uh, neck oil tonight. I'm trying to keep it a little bit um, low key for a Tuesday. Yeah, neck oil. Neck oil is is nice. Is nice. Uh, what were we drinking? We didn't have a drink last night, did we? We didn't. No. But on Sunday night we went out for a drink, didn't we? We were drinking Vocation uh, bread and butter, which was really quite tasty. Yeah, because the two places we would normally go, and we checked the opening times, and they were closed early. Yeah. So we Motherfuckers. Went, went somewhere else, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. When you say early, what time's early? Well, they were supposed uh, to be open until <laughs> half ten, and we went out at... Half nine. Half nine. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay, so it's not like... I, I thought it was going to be like, oh, we were out at quarter past eleven, and they were fucking shut. No, no, no. They should have been open. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, fair enough. But hey, we, we, we'll, we'll let them off this one time. We, we still found somewhere to drink. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ian, on a new weekly segment, how, how, how are your three rings today? Uh, uh, my ring of ding dings. Don't do this. Don't do this. Why? Don't do Apple Watch shit. Fuck you. Yeah, shut your mouth. Um, a bastard. Uh, are you? I have nearly closed my move ring. My exercise ring and stand ring are, are fully over-completed. Yourself? Uh, I have uh, closed my move ring. Uh, my exercise ring has no chance. My stand ring is very close. How many usually cal- stand rings the one that goes quickest, usually. Uh, but I've had a bit of a sitty-down day today. Uh, sitty-down day? A lot of a sitty-down day than a standy-up day. So. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. How many... How many calories is your move ring set to? Currently, for this week, for some reason, it told me to set it to 300, which seems really quite low. 300? Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally motoring through that with, 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 with relative ease, but it said, we recommend you set your move to 300 this week. Mine's on 790. Which is mental, because because you do a... a, a a more office-based job than, than, than I do, whereas I'm stood around and moving around all bit. I do lots of jumping jacks and sit-ups. That well, doesn't really count. We'll get an Apple Watch and then start a core workout and, you know, watch your rings fill up then, Becky. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the, the straps are shit. The straps are actually The straps are not shit, you phone Even you motherfucker. Even the the Apple it. straps are shit. The ones you can get off of Amazon are like hacks together. They're all right, but the, the Apple straps are shit. You can get other ones, then can't you? I know, it. I know. Well, then you've just you literally just proved your own point wrong. I'm not willing to spend four hundred quid on a watch right now. The 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 black sports band is perfectly acceptable. I I stand the by one. them. Yeah. No, they're fine. I think they're fine for. Right, it's going to sound a little bit sexist. I think they're all quite masculine. Even the pink rubber band is, like, it's still a fucking rubber band. They're not pretty girly watches, are they? Yeah, but you're not a pretty girl, Becky, so, you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> sorry. Fuck and I'm crushed. I'm sorry. That was, that was cold. I'm in a hard week, Ian. That was, uh, that was uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. That Yeah, no, no. Um, so, moving swiftly on. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm sorry, Becky. I'm going to have a little cry while these guys talk about their Apple Watches. Uh, uh, we are covering this week, uh, yeah, what we're covering, we're covering the Outlaw King, which Becky hasn't seen. Uh, oh, you didn't really want to anyway, did you, Bex? No, it's not you, my thing. You had no. choice to see it, you didn't want to. Uh, we are covering the... That's not why I look sad. I look sad because Ian just called me unpretty. <laughs> I, I think he was joking. Um, we are going to cover the uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, both Netflix films. Uh, and Ian is going to chat Suspiria. Uh, we were all going to chat Suspiria, but we, we couldn't get there in the end, could we? Because it's a 40-odd minute... Well, it, it's, a, it's a near two-hour round trip for us. And we just and we had a thing. We had a thing. Yeah, didn't yeah. we? It's what we'll say there. So we, we couldn't quite get there, so... But what you, you are going to get a full spoilerific review from Ian because me and Becky aren't that bothered about spoilers for it, to be honest, are we? Nah, it's a spirit, isn't it? It's, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And if there's other things in it, that I, I, I just don't care about knowing them. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna to get nicely tipsy before getting into that piece of shit. I am very much looking forward to this. Um, we're also going to chat some what we've been watching, a few trailers, and we've got a couple of decent questions, so there's plenty for us to get our teeth into. Has there been any news this week? What, since last Thursday? Since, yeah, it's been it, like, like, like four days since we recorded. That's has a good point. Any... I don't think that has. Um, I can't think of anything. I'm trying to think if there has been. No, I don't think there has. I think everyone's just a little bit too caught up in I, even on Black Friday. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking Thanksgiving, isn't it? It's going to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah, I think we usually get we usually get some Thanksgiving trailers, don't we? Or am I thinking Super Bowl? Super Bowl Sunday, bitch. Yeah, I think I think of Super Bowl. I might get some Thanksgiving ones. I yeah. think they sort of show some new ones in the parade, don't they? Maybe. Maybe. I, I might be. Imagining. I think it might be imagining that one there. Mm. Um, Becky poo pooed my really good Christmas idea. I didn't poo poo it. I think it's a really good idea. She poo pooed my I idea. Think it's an idea you should have come up with. Not in the middle of November. What 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 pooing's been happening? Uh, well, I came up with a magnificent idea, right? So in our living room, which obviously is the room where our tree goes and we decorate and bits like that, yeah. um, we have one, two, three, four, five movie posters: right. uh, Totoro, Rambo, well, Totoro, First Blood, Halloween, Blade Runner, and The Dark Knight. Oh. My idea was for Christmas we take these ones down and put up Christmas movie posters. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was a really good idea. And so we even picked out the posters, didn't we? What did we have? Yeah, Die Hard, Gremlins, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, vacation. Christmas Vacation. And Polar Express, because it's actually a really Polar good Polar Express is on a really good poster. Well, with the uh, train. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good poster. We were going to do a different film, weren't we? Home Alone, but the poster was shit. Home Alone, but the poster was shit. And there was another one, but we couldn't find a poster for it. What was it? I can't remember. There's one you suggested and you didn't like it anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we were going to do that, but then she told me I wasn't allowed to. No, because you, you wanted to spend, like, 50 quid on posters and then, like, easily the same on frames... Just for like a couple of weeks. But you can use them every year. Yeah, that'll be fine in 10 years' time. We'll have made our, you know, it'll be value for money right now. We'll make that back. When we've got your birthday. Oh, yeah, my birthday. Yeah, is that going to be old? No, it's because it's cursed. (laughs) Right, it's cursed, yeah, sure. Um, 
you've got your birthday and Christmas, and you know, you should have come up with this idea months ago. And well, I, I, I will. Stuck out. I will now. What, months ago? Yeah. You're going to go back in time? Yeah, I just got to it. So, yeah, so they keep proving my good idea. It's not. I didn't go through it. It's a good idea. Yeah. We'll do it for next year. And then no. the It's a Wonderful Life poster will stay up the year round. No, it will. It will. It's a Christmas poster. So I'm taking the poster place to church with the dark night. So there's, there's no news apart from Becky shattering my dreams. Okay. Um, oh my god. Of a, of a wonderful Christmas. Ruined Christmas, Becky. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> uh, trailers, uh, what have we been watching? Um, I'm, I'm just going to say, I noticed that even when I'm not talking, my input thing is up a bit. Just to say, I'm in my kitchen. I'm not planning on being in here for the whole episode. But that noise you can hear in the background is our washing machine. Uh, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest you might be able to hear it on the what is it uh, but we can't hear it on this side no. so you might not be able to hear it on the recording I, 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 I think there will be a low hum of washing machine judging by the input <laughs> thing anyway um, trailers trailers we talked about Dumbo last week didn't we Becky yeah what yeah. a shit show that is uh, I, I'm not going to go that far but it's Tim Burton so who the fuck knows <laughs> um, baby elephant looks really freaky to me. Like the grown-up elephant, I've rewatched it since we spoke, and the the, the mother elephant is fine, and the hallucination scene, which is clearly off of the the cartoon, is it, it looks fine. It's just a baby elephant. They've made it look really weird. Is that the elephant? Yeah, that yeah, but it doesn't always look like that. It's got makeup on there. Oh. that's just like that's not supposed to be its normal face. Well, I don't, well, I don't know. It, 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 it is 2018. So, oh, true story, yeah. yeah. I, I, don't think they, I don't think even Tim Burton thinks that baby elephants just look proper emo all the time. I think he does. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're on to something there. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just surprised that, that Johnny Depp's not in it. It's uh, Colin he Farrell instead. He's that. Is that him? That's Johnny Depp. Is he doing a voice? That, that's Johnny Depp in full costume. Is that him melted? No, that, 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 that's Johnny Depp. Wearing a big elephant face. It wouldn't surprise me to be perfectly yeah. honest. I've got to say, the the crimes of Grindelwald. I imagine that's what Johnny Depp looks like without makeup these days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the film that literally nobody is talking about, despite the fact that it's a massive movie and will make shitloads of money, but and nobody's kind of mentioning that they've seen it because they know that immediately they'll get attacked for supporting Johnny Depp. It's well, the thing is, you've got like in in discussion online about that movie, you've got you th- there's a bunch of people on one side going, "Oh, Amber Heard's a massive cunt, and she's Whoa. you know, well, this is what people right. are talking about, like, and she's just like trying to ruin his career." And then on the other side, you've got people saying, "Oh." Johnny Depp's an, uh, an abuser and he shouldn't have a career anymore. You've got nobody actually in the middle going, I actually quite like the movie. <laughs> the movie's fine. No one's talking about the movie. It's just about that stuff. Yes. And True. what are the services into the Harry Potter franchise? Nobody's actually talking about that movie as a movie. And from what I've like read about it, it, it a lot of people are saying it's just filler to get between... Part one and part three, four, five, which is brutal. Like that's that being the words. I mean, because like the Harry Potter films, by the time what was there, well, there was eight of them in all, wasn't there? Because it was like seven yeah. books, but the last one was a two-parter. So yeah, yeah. 
by the by the time you get into like five and six, it is a little bit filler setting things up for the last ones. But at the same time, you had so much build up beforehand that people were just excited to be in that world. Whereas with this world by that point, yes. That's it. Well, you could throw a character at it. You, you, you could do. Was it the? Was it the first part of? Was it seven part one? Mm. Uh, was that the one where basically they 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 wander on the water there? Yeah. And it's just it, it's essentially a lot of it is the three of them on the on the run kind of. Yeah. What is it? And that I actually really enjoyed that element of that film. Mm. I think I think it's a and. It, although you can quite easily and I think quite justifiably point a finger at it and say. It, like by like Ian, that like you've just said that it, it, it's filler leading up to the next one. Mm. It, you've you've invested that much time in them that you that I think Do you actually care about you what actually they're care doing? about yeah. what they're doing and their interactions. So yeah, I think I think it's necessary. Whereas this one, by all accounts, just feels like padding, and it's it's too early in the game for this little franchise, this spin-off franchise, to do that. Who's who's done any of the press for it? Um, Eddie Redmayne and um, Catherine Waterstone have been about. Have they? I've seen Catherine Waterstone a little bit. I've not really seen that much, that much of, of Redmayne, but I know he, he's not a press fan, is he? He was on. Um, he was on. He, oh, sorry, um, him and Waterstone were on uh, Kermode last week, so he's. Yeah, I, I, I mean Ezra Miller's bouncing about wearing fucking oh, trampolines or whatever God, he's doing. God. So. God. It, it, oh god, that that man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's let, it's yeah, let's let's not. Um, but not on that. I, I, yeah, I, I, that that that's the thing. It's just the fact that there's been nobody really loves the world of Fantastic Beasts. People love the world of Hogwarts, and you know, apparently there's a bit in it where they go back to Hogwarts and the Harry Potter theme starts playing, and that just kind of feels a little bit desperate to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'll, I, I, I do have an interest in watching it, but so does Donna, and I know I'll probably not want to watch it more than once. So I think I'll just wait until it's out to rent in four K, and I'll have a perfectly good time watching it at home. Well, that's it. It's one of those. that just feel a little bit like that. I, I, I've not watched the first one. I'm not that interested. If anything can get me interested, it's Catherine Watson it is about the only thing I'm interested in. Her sister's quite quite fun in it, in the first one. Yeah, I'll do the sister on. Queenie. Her, yeah, Queenie. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed her as well. Yeah. And the the Muggle guy, he's he's quite fun in it. <laughs> is he just is he just got that comment relief though? Um, the start, but not so much as it goes through. Does he have an arc? I don't want to Well, he falls in love for a thin <laughs> blonde woman. Yeah, I suppose, but <laughs> that's probably about it. <laughs> Does she fall in love with him? Yeah. yeah. In, in, in real terms, were there any wizards involved, would she, though? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she likes well, a bit of dirty muggle. Yeah, a bit of dirty muggle. Mm. Like to slum it. I'm not. Like and the bit when they go in the suitcase with all the creatures, that's quite good. Yeah. Well, there's the creatures in it. Yeah. Fantastic beasts and where to find them. It's about the fantastic beasts of the wizard world. What That's what Newt Scamander does. That's Eddie Ray- right, Redmayne. Right, cool. Didn't know if he was an actual person. Didn't know we got the whole through Rupert Grid thing again. 
It, it, do you know what? The first one's good. Is it? Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun time. I, 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 I may watch it when this one comes round to be on home release. I might watch them over a couple of nights now. Yeah, the, the first one's all right. If this one was actually getting decent reviews, I, I would probably go see it. It just... It, yeah. it, everybody seems it to be so met on it. Um, uh, oh, trailers, yeah. What else watched trailers? That was a weird segue, um, wasn't it? <laughs> um, uh, fucking... New uh, Aquaman. There's a new Aquaman trailer. It's got de-aged Willem Dafoe. Aquaman's out like really soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's like four weeks, three, four weeks. And it seems to be a little bit like people are just kind of people will go and see it, but they're almost waiting for it to have happened. <laughs> even, I, even even Warner. <laughs> I'm I'm really intrigued to see just how well Spider-Man does against Aquaman because that thing kind of seems like it's everywhere. Like, Sony are being very aggressive with the marketing for that. And Are they up the same week? It's around... It's within a week of each other. I Actually, hang on. Let me get on launching films. I want to check this. Because the thing is, it's like you got Mary Poppins Returns on the 21st and anything launching against that that's not just counter-programming I think is a bit insane. You okay, baby? Yeah. You okay? What's up? <laughs> You're going to bed? Okay, alright. Um, do you want a hug? Yeah? yeah? Okay. Alright, I love you. Is that Buffalo. That is a Totoro, yeah. That's the icon that my friends use to say that what's they're on a, Skype. What's a Gruffalo, though? What's a Gruffalo? Yeah. Well, it's not a Totoro. Um, right, let's have a look here now. Gruffalo Totoro. Gruffalo Totoro, that's confusing, isn't it? Right, so they're out the same day, Wednesday the 12th. Ooh, ooh, yeah, that is a bit of a battle, isn't it? All right, I love you, monkey. All right, no, mate. Right. Yeah, no, literally out the same day, obviously just kind of like clearing the path for uh, Mary Poppins. Um, that's, yeah, and you got, Jesus Christ, you've got Mortal Engines out uh, the following Friday as well. That's going to get destroyed. Yeah, no, no one's going to go and see that. Nobody that's- cares. I, I mean, just the fact that Aquaman and Spider-Man are out the same day. Like two, I mean, yes, Spider-Man's a cartoon, but that's brave. I call it stupid. Yeah, I think I would as well, eh? Um, wow. Okay. So what he's saying is just look at a photo spread in a magazine of Jason Momoa and then go watch it in the Spider-Verse. No, we're saying that the Mortal Engines is out the same week oh, as right, okay. Spider-Verse and Aquaman. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to do anything. No. Because I, I mean, I don't know. I'll I'll go see Spider Man and Aquaman, but you know, it's if you've only got the choice of one, which one of those do you go and see? And I've got to say, I think a lot of kids would go for Spider Man. Yeah, he's a more known property. I think a lot of grown ups would go for Aquaman. Though. I think a lot of grown ups would go for Spider Man as well. Yeah, so do I. I, I yeah. I, I think the Spider Man is, is going to shock a lot of people with how well it's going to do. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've got one. Uh, the Once Upon a Deadpool trailer. I'm actually really interested in in, in how this is going to work. It's um, 
What's my Deadpool? It is. It's, it's Deadpool, but a PG thirteen version of Deadpool. Yeah, but I've not seen the trailer though with him like having a kidnapped Fred Savage in his bed. It's quite amusing. Is it good? Yeah. <laughs> um, I had. Um, I actually had a a press release about this email to me last week for some bloody reason. Um, and it's doing a one day only cinema release in the UK. Um, yeah. I believe Tuesday the 11th, I want to say. It uh, is Tuesday the 11th. I, th- I think, I think it is even in the US, I think it is literally just a one day thing or it might be a one weekend thing in the US. What I didn't know is that it's, uh, it's a charity thing. Yeah, uh, the proceeds proceeds going to fuck cancer. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's literally the the, the apparently Fox has said you know when whatever they've said in whatever happens, what is it? Is that um, they're going to give basically everything that it that it makes to to charity? Yeah, Fair enough. Right. Yeah, right. I'm doing it. Yeah, good cause. It is. Yeah, it's uh, you know, like. The movie's already made a shit ton of money anyway, yeah. so it's not like it has to has to do out. And it's a, a fun little what is it? Um, we'll be interested to see if it gets uploaded as a separate film to buy on iTunes, or if it gets added as a feature. It's an extra. Yeah. Hmm. That's a yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know which way they would go with that. Uh, I'm gonna guess they'll upload it as a separate film. Mm. <laughs> Probably. Yes. Yeah. Uh, any more for trailers? Um, replicas uh, Keanu Reeves his wife gets in an accident and he brings her back to life but it might be a replica of her or something um, comes out in January and it kind of feels like the most dumping ground get it out the door in January while people go to the cinema just to keep warm kind of thing that you could, <laughs> that, that you could imagine to be honest does it feel a little bit like if you looked at who directed it, that you'd find out that there was a second unit director on something else Keanu Reeves has worked on? Yeah, that makes sense. And, and, he, and he's just doing it because they've got because he's gone. How do you want to make this movie? But I, I can't. And it's this story. Keanu Reeves has gone. Put me in it, and you'll probably get a greenlit. It won't get a, a huge budget, but you'll probably get a greenlit. And the the guy then gone. They're gone. Also, Keanu's going to be in it. Yeah, fucking do it. To be fair, I'll probably see it because Keanu's in it. Yeah, I probably will as well. So, because, regardless. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. <laughs> you know. Does he have a beard in it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh, oh so it might be quite good then. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's just his face now though, right? No, but again, he follows the Robin Williams thing where mm. if he's got a beard, it's going to be good. Mm. If he's not got a beard, probably going to be Patch Adams. Oh, I don't mm. think Keanu's got a Patch Adams in him. I would love to watch a remake of Patch Adams. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would fucking pay a lot of money. I'd pay a Think even thing. the ones that he's, that he's in that got, like, a bit panned. Like, oh, that, that one where he's a samurai, is it 47 Ronin? Yeah. Yeah, it's got a bit in that. Well, that's fucking mint. I love that film. I won't go as far as say it's fucking mint. It's a, it's a good time, though. It's a fun film. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as shit as it might have been. <laughs> Literally, I think it would be a better tag than anything else. All right, it's better than any movie about samurai that's got a guy that speaks like a stoner surfer in it should have been. You've never seen American Shaolin, have you? I don't think I have. Yeah, no, it's not better than that. <laughs> <laughs> anything else? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
Shall we get into... Incidentally, the American Shaolin was the first film that was going to be completely filmed uh, in China in um, the... Um, what is it? The uh, City of Freedom, is it? The whole big Chinese uh, temple bit that's like 10 miles wide and stuff like that. All right. But they're going to allow um, a foreign film crew in to do it. And that was like a big whole thing of it. And they're going to be there for like a week. And then on the actual day... Uh, Chinese government said, no, you can't do it. So they actually went in pretending they were just doing a tour and literally fucking guerrilla filmed it very quickly. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet that looks magnificent. It looks like something from a VHS, yeah, uh, yeah. is what I will say there. The film is called American Shaolin. It's actually, uh, no, it's not a good film, but I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> um, on that note, I'm just going to move into the living room and grab a drink. I'll be as quick as I can, OK? Bent. No one compel another man to engage in recreation. Certainly not a son of a gun as ill-humored as yourself. And as for names, my horse is Dan. I'm Buster. Buster Scruggs. Buster Scruggs? The run from Riata Pass? And this pistol? I do hail from Riata Pass, which is in the county of San Saba. Being the which why the San Saba songbird is my sobriquet of preference. But right now, I'd appreciate it if you'd deposit your weapon in the receptacle by the swinging doors, which concealing of it on your person in the first place was a violation of the rules of this establishment and an offense against local norms. Uh, yes, so we're going to get into our first uh, review, uh, which is of... We're going to do the uh, Ballad of Buster Scrubs first. Cool. Uh, it's Ballad Buster Scruggs. Um, it's a, a Netflix film uh, from the Coen Brothers, um, which is mental. I never thought I'd say that, uh, but it's 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 pretty cool that 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 they managed to get the kind of yes yeah, yeah. to do this. Um, it's a Western anthology uh, comprising of one, two, three, four, five, six, six. six yeah, six um, different ways. It's um. Do we want to review the film as a whole, or should we review each individual anthology bit? Um, I'd be alright doing it as a whole, personally. Yeah, I'll right, do it as a whole. Um, and it stars in various guises across it. And you've got James Franco, Brendan Gleeson, Liam Neeson, Tim Blake Nelson, Tom uh, Waits, Zoe Kazan, um, Steve Root uh, in a. Well, yeah, we'll get into it. Um, and uh, Clancy Brown in what I think might end up being some people's scene of the <laughs> year. Um, Ian, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Um, did you feel different watching a Coen Brothers movie on Netflix rather than sat in the cinema? Um, not particularly, if I'm honest. Um, I don't think... I, I do think they have visual style, but I don't think a lot of their work is pure cinema. Um, I was fine watching it. Um, I mean, Christ, I mean, it, it was mooted that this was going to be a small screen anthology series at one point. And uh, I think, you know, there are elements of it, which I, I, I think do showcase that, even though um, if it was a small screen anthology series, 
I don't know, like the the section with Tom Waits in it, I don't know whether that would feel satisfying as a standalone episode. I feel better that being the least interesting for me, actually, well, the joint least interesting bit of a over two hour film versus a standalone, like 20, 25 minute episode of something. Um, Yeah, I mean, I really, 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 really liked four out of the six stories here, and two of them left me pretty cold. Um, Which which two? Mm -hmm. The third and the fourth. Um, The Liam Neeson one, I just... uh, I, I, I grew tired of quite quickly, and I found it really unsatisfying... And the the fourth one, I I thought ended strong, but it almost felt a bit like we're just gonna cast Tom Waits and watch him pan for gold, which to, to some people might might well sound like heaven. Uh, to me, <laughs> I was a little bit. I would quite like something to happen here, and it's it's weird because like. The first two parts are really, like, darkly funny. Uh, I mean, just James Franco on that horse and just the way it's kind of, like, trotting slower, like, like further and further away from him while he's hanging from it. That's, that's mm. brilliant. I love that. Um, and then that third part is just such an instant shit. This is a fucking change of tone. All right, then, fine. Um... And then the the fourth one is just this slow contemplative thing, and again, it's a bit of a shift. Um, and then the lot, the I mean, the the fifth one, the Zoe Kazan one, is the longest section, is it not? I think it is, yeah, by by, by quite a bit. I think actually, uh, yeah, because I think by by quite a bit as well. Um, and then that bit is like it's just this really engaging short film, mm. and then the final one is this shorter, really engaging short film. So. I, I, you know, obviously different strokes for different folks, but it was kind of weird how it started high, got into a proper lull, where by by halfway through the Tom Waits one, I was like, "Fuck me, am I even going to like the last hour of this?" And then it and then it picked up again. I'm I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you guys think. Becky, what do you what do you think? I I mean, I said to you after we finished watching it, and I out of the three. Out of the six, there's three I would have watched full-length movies of. Yeah, sure. Um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, yeah. obviously. That, that that as an opener is amazing. Yeah, loved it. It's it's so well done. Um, the the girl who got rattled, the gal who got rattled. Um, obviously the one where. Sorry, yeah. Um, and then the the mortal remains, the one that that's at the end. That's a bit kind of horror adjacent which mm. you know i'd watch a full-length coen brothers horror movie oh you know? just then it was just in the stagecoach for 90 minutes yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah um the the franco one i enjoyed it while i was there but i didn't need i didn't need to see any more of that it was fine mm. for what it was but it yeah it, it, they couldn't really have done much more of it um i think it is the shortest yeah what the Ballad of Buster Scruggs isn't that from. long? No, it's not actually. Is that I suppose? No, no it's, it's not. not. But I could have spent an awful lot more time with 
Buster Scruggs touring the West and singing shit before yeah. he died, and then him essentially singing about people as he flies over them with his angel wings. I, I could have actually spent more time with that, whereas the Franco one, not so much. Um, the Again, the, the Liam Neeson one, it, it got very repetitive very quickly. And I think, obviously, that was intentional. Their life is a very repetitive thing, mm. and it was supposed to be kind of pushing that. I think the the fact that it comes to a very abrupt end where he's looking at him, looking over the side of this canyon, and then all of a sudden he's just driving along with the chicken in the back of his thing. That's clearly very intentional, but again, it didn't need to be any longer. Um, and the Tom Waits one, I, I mean, I really enjoyed the Tom Waits one. I like the contemplative nature of it. I like the fact that they have that guy sitting on the side of that hole for so long, and you're going, Ian dead, <laughs> Ian dead. And he's waiting clearly to see if he's actually dead, to see if he moves. And then he jumps down and he just shoots him. And I really enjoyed it. But again, it, it didn't need to be any longer. So I, I think, you know, it's, there was there was ones, like I said, that, that, that left you wanting more. I I really, really loved it. It's it's top 10 of the year for me so far. Wow. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the thing with it was, I felt very much straight away when I started watching it. Yeah, this already feels like a Coen Brothers movie. I feel mm. like, 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 and it felt like a Coen Brothers movie had a, a little bit more of that swagger about it, uh, which some Coen Brothers movies don't have a swagger, but are still very, very good movies. Mm. Um, but I, I like the fact that you've got the casting Tim Blake Nelson as Buster Scruggs. It, it's just such a Coen Brothers thing. Tim Blake Nelson, regardless of his status, has got big dick energy. But he does, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he does, he, 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 he just walks around just, just going, I'm cool as fuck. Yes. <laughs> because he believes it, he is. But he is. He, he is cool, cool as fuck. It, it, oh, it's like, it very much is like, he's gone, you're, you're in my world. You're in a cone world. You're in my world. If you want to come in here and show me what, you know, start telling what to do, you better fucking be John Goodman. Because if you ain't John Goodman, get the fuck out. Because I run this show. And he does. He's fantastic, and it's a lot of fun, and it's it's playful. It's ridiculously violent, whilst also being terribly black in terms of the comedy of it. Mm. Um, I, I, I thought it was really good. I, I do disagree with the fact that I, I'm not sure you could watch an entire movie of that because I'm not sure it would get repetitive and tiresome. No, because they'd have to they'd have to expand upon his life before he gets killed. Well, fine, that, maybe maybe that. Yeah, I, I, know, could, you, I could see that. Um, you could have rode around with him for a while, shooting people in incredibly skillful ways. Yeah, well, I think there was an idea at one point to have him narrate to have the, him, yeah. the, the the angel Buster Scruggs with the uh, mini little harp would be introducing the rest of the stories, mm. and then they they did away with that rap uh, and did, did something else. He's um, a rap. Rap, no, that a rap, not an actual rap. Oh, a not, rap, not rap. rap. Um, the uh, <laughs> I felt that um, the next two for me were the, were the weakest ones. Yeah. Um, after after Steve Root shouting pan shot uh, repeatedly as he's starting to get shot was gone. I didn't really care about the James Franco one. I loved the tension of him just being sat on that horse with the horse grazing further and further away. 
I loved that. Yeah, and, and, and then uh, this guy comes and rescues him, and you're like, oh, he's fine now. And then it turns out he's like a cattle rustler, and he gets done for that crime. And the bit where he's on the gallows, like, oh, is this your first time? I, I liked it. Yeah, for some reason. I didn't need to spend any more time with it, but I really liked it for what it was. That's yeah. what, for some reason, I, I, I just for me, it peaked at Pan Shop. Um, <laughs> you love a bit of slapstick, don't you? I do love a bit of slapstick. And once it's Steven, when he jumps over and there's all those shotguns in a line, and he's, yeah, I, I just thought, yeah, once he'd gone, I was a bit like, I want more of him. <laughs> I want one of that guy's adventures. I want that, that, that movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the meal ticket, I actually, I quite enjoyed it. And again, I enjoyed the repetitiveness of it. And I enjoyed just the utter darkness of it all. Like when he goes to the, um, <laughs> he goes to the, 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 the whorehouse and literally just walks over and turns, turns it around. around because <laughs> mm. you look at it going, how many times has that happened? <laughs> okay, I wonder if he's forgotten to turn him around at one point. I that he calls him the wingless thrush. It, it, it was I, that, that, it was just the fact that one didn't really feel like there was much of a point to it. It was just kind of wallowing in this cold, yeah, de- depressing it, land it for twenty part. minutes. It was just misery part. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, I I loved the Tom Waits one. I, I kind of figured you would. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I loved the fact that I. I, I all his holes and his little flags. I love the I, I love the procedural element of it. The fact that he was talking was there, he and he kept on calling Mister Pocket. Mister Pocket. I, yeah, I I I could have watched a ninety-five minute movie of him just trying to find. Yeah, that but you pocket. are a very singular human being, Mark. No one else could watch that. Yeah, line. there's no fucking way in hell I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with the fact that only I could. But in a world where that exists, I would be very happy. <laughs> I like that the good the the, the the bad man got his come up and say. Yeah, I I I I very much very much enjoyed. But again, that. like the imagery in that one is really really strong. Like with the with the wildlife, and then it flutters away, then he comes into the valley, and then it kind of flutters back again after he leaves. Mm. Like it's 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 a nice it it, it it's bookended really well. It feel, feels contained within itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, certainly so. And it's Tom Waits. I love Tom Waits. You do love Tom Waits. Yeah. You keep playing his music for Isabel and she just sits there and essentially, like... No, I bet she, she fucking loves scream, that. Scream in a corner, she would do. Yeah. And I just shout old man grammar. Yeah. Fuck that kid. Yeah, she's annoyed you something, aren't she? She's annoyed me every night. Um, the guy got rather... I... I I could have easily watched a full-length movie of that. <sighs> that wagon trail. I like the fact that the dog had a full name. <laughs> oh, uh, President Pierce. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. I, I did like that he had a full name. That that dog essentially was the downfall of, of everything. Um, that 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 felt the least coheny to me. It was very straight. But mm. that that ending was just oh, so God. fucking sad. He went back. Oh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. but then like the the thing with the, the book pages like if, if you if you kind of read them between them yeah. and it's like he didn't know what he was going to say to him and it's like oh and the, the, the final shot of the actual movie segment was him just riding back towards him yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, again it, it's another quite bleak one they're all a bit bleak Tom Wade gets his what is it gets his gold he does get his gold gets the sing off but yeah, I mean, like to be fair, this is a film where the only person who gets a happy ending is Tom Waits. 
Like, that's yeah. weirdly bleak in itself, I think. <laughs> Punch the air with that one. Um, and I, I, I found the, the, the last uh, segment of it uh, just fascinating to watch. Yeah. It was... It, it's... I think the Coens often get um, get kind of like lauded for their um, their overt quirkiness and quirk something that usually irritates me in films. But the Coens have a quirkiness and a quirkiness that is very singular to them, and it's they do it very well. It, though, it's they? not it's not an affected one. Mm. Um, it, it's it's born of a real thing, and that's why so many people try to imitate it and fail miserably with Anderson. Um, and so. <laughs> That's what that's what I like about it. But what often gets missed is just quite how skilled they are at writing these these snappy long form dialogues. Yeah. Uh, within it, it's often they write great characters, and the dialogue sometimes gets gets kind of missed. Yet people will frequently quote Big Lebowski at you, uh, but the dialogue is kind of missed. It, it, it's seen as sound bites rather than actually. Mm. Dialogue where actually the conversations are fantastic. I think that's why I like Old Brother or Art though so much. Like the conversations between them as they're walking to places mm. is is one of the best bits. I mean, don't get me wrong, the songs are fucking bangers in that movie. Whereas but, that, that's one of the few films that I, I enjoy, but I've, I've, I've seen it and I liked it, but I, I, just, I just never need to watch it again. Oh, see, I could watch that again on the reg. I know you could. Love it. Um, yeah, but I, I, I really enjoyed this one and I was, I was, this was the first one where I was a little bit kind of like, Oh, oh no! I know what's happening next. <laughs> where where are they? Are they in, are they going to a hotel? Are they actually at a hotel? What's happening? Yeah, I was I was like that. It was the first one where I really wanted to know where where we were going. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't I didn't get to see where where what was happening there. Uh, but it was yeah. I I think it's a really had had I been in the cinema watching it, I'd have gone out. I'd have come out going yeah, very satisfying. Yeah. The thing is, the thing I, that I really enjoy about the, the Coen brothers is they, they they would be great movies to see in the cinema, but they don't lose anything for watching at home. Yeah. I'd, I'd, the thing is, I would probably now, if this was released like next week and it was doing, a, it, it was released on Netflix and then they released in the cinema for some reason, I don't know why they'd do that, but if they did, let's say, I'd go and see it. Yeah. I'd quite, quite happily go and see it and pay to go and see it again yeah. uh, for, for that. Um, just for the support element. For the support element, but to to, to see to see the, the Buster Scruggs down on a big screen, to yeah. see um, Tom Waits shouting, "I'm coming for you, Mister Pocket," on a big screen. <laughs> uh, you, you know, to see those things, you know, would have been great. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, I'd, like I said, I don't think that they they don't lose anything for being on the no. on, on a small screen for sure. But um, I do think that. Although they don't lose anything, I do think that you gain an experience from seeing it on the big screen. But I think you also gain from seeing it at home, like you get different experiences from it because yeah. there's getting it, getting to getting to watch it at home in an in an intimate setting. I think you you maybe get different, not mm. more different things from it than you would in a cinema. Yeah, and, and of course we got Tim Blake Nelson's magnificent. I didn't actually shoot him; he shot himself. <laughs> See, that was excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Oh, good old Clancy Brown. <laughs> it's just like that bit. It's like really violent cartoon violence. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it's it, it, it's Hanna Barbera. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I just I absolutely loved it. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it, good. That literally is something that, that, that Bugs Bunny would have done to Alma Fudd. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and which is mental because you've got something like going back in the Coen Brothers, what is it? When um, they made Raised in Arizona, mm. they told Nick Cage to base his character on Woody Woodpecker. Mm. <laughs> and so he did. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah, I, just, I feel like it's, you know, with an anthology, uh, with an anthology film like this, it's difficult to not judge the different se- segments separately. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the ones that I loved, I really, really loved. The ones that I didn't love as much, I still really, really liked. Yeah, and like like, like Ian was saying, it had to done it as a series. Mm. I, I think you could have. You'd have had weak episodes and strong episodes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Very differently. Yeah. So I think it was a good idea of doing it as an actual, as a film itself instead. Yeah, um, so where are your liners? Because I'm, I'm definitely not shit. I think it is also for me sort of top ten of the year um, fodder. Yeah, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. It's it's it like I I just. I really didn't get on with the, the Neeson. I mean, the Waits one, I can appreciate what they were doing. The Neeson one, I straight up didn't really like it. So it's it's not going to be top 10 fodder for me, but I'm not going to have an argument with it being on yours at all. It's de- definitely not shit, though. Uh, our audience vote here, uh, this is quite what is that? Uh, so we've got definitely not shit 44%, hmm. and touching cloth 56%. How many so votes? Think- Quite mixed. That's only on uh, nine votes, so not a lot of votes. Yeah, I think it's more mixed than you think. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, are you ready to do Suspiria, Ian, or should we, should, we, should we move on to do Outlaw King, and then we'll do Suspiria when we go into our what we've been watching? Do I'd say do Outlaw King first. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm feeling that as well. Yeah, let me get another count in me. Cool. Can you get me a drink more than Outlaw King, please? Why am I, you fucking bitch? You didn't watch the film, so... I'm now on the incredibly named Hair in the Mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) What's that like? Uh, It's all right, actually. IPA brewed by Mick Keller uh, in Copenhagen. Um, It's a Belgian uh, IPA. And, yeah, it's literally... it's. Herat e postcassen, which means hair in the mailbox. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it's not bad. Like M and S are getting fucking esoteric with their craft beer choice of late, and I'm here for it. M and S have always been quite quite good. I've I, I found with with what they've done with with, with craft beer because they literally what they do with stuff like that is they they employ just. A couple of people who know their craft ales and go, here's your budget, go out and buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's fair play. Um, no, good. Outlaw King. I'm sorry if I was rude earlier, but I, I should I know you have no something. need for my counsel. It's true, I have seen very little of the world. However, a young lady of my standing is afforded a great deal of time to read to form distinct opinions, and to draw her own conclusions about the nature of power. All right. Power is making decisions. Power is not allowing yourself to be buffeted on the tides of history. Instead, it is choosing a boat, climbing aboard, and hoisting the sail. I choose you. And whatever course 
You are charting. I choose you. My husband. Outlaw King. So the Outlaw King is uh, directed by David McKenzie. It is another um, Netflix movie. Um, stars Chris Pine, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Florence Pugh, um, Tony Curran, um, Callum uh, Mulvey, uh, and Stephen Delane. Uh, and it is the it is the true story of uh, Robert the Bruce, um, who was a nobleman in Scotland who declared himself uh, king of Scotland and took on uh, the English Edward the First, um, to be precise, uh, and uh, the Prince of Wales uh, to in battle essentially to claim what he thought was his rights as being the king of Scotland. So uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's hard to go into kind of like the synopsis of something that is an actual real event, and you know this is actually pretty historically accurate, to be honest. Uh, from what I understand, obviously, I'm, if, if people are more experts than me, which there are a lot, um, then they'll be saying that there are certain bits that aren't, and there are certain bits that aren't that we will kind of come to. Um, but yeah, for the for the most part, it is unlike something like let's say hmm, Braveheart. Um, we can say that it's actually is actually based in some element of truth. Um, it, it's also strange, isn't it, Ian? In the sense that this is a hundred and twenty million dollars. Bloody yeah, we got, uh, not uh, um, actually. Yeah, could I just grab a can? Is that okay? Yeah, sure. yeah sorry. Oh no! I'm so sorry. That was really. Oh, Mark just made Becky get him a drink as well. I feel awful now. I'm sorry, hun. Uh, no. well, I, I mean, you're a terrible bastard, but... Right. Um, is there a can? Yeah. yeah, can I have that, please? Thank you very much. $120 million? Yes. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I think it is actually... I think it, it, it is the second most expensive production to date. I... I that's just the... Burr. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Thanks, I mean, um, see where it went. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 in a massive fucking slingshot. <laughs> what that? Yeah, yeah, that was impressive. I mean, it does look all very practical. Yep. Um, sorry, you're right. Huh? You gonna what? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all good. Sorry. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, like, just the, 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 how, the where, the, the, I mean, it is practical, but it is also just a lot of people in a field. Yeah, it's a lot of money. You're wondering, well, I'll come to that. What did you think of the film? Because I'll I'll come to, to, I have a, I'm going to have a minor issue with, with, with that, and it's something that I'm it's terribly hypocritical, but I will come to it when I'm talking about my thoughts on the film. But what, okay. what were your thoughts on the actual film itself? I think Donna's going to get a bottle of wine, and I didn't get her any wine, and I got me beers. I feel bad now. Anyway, she's gone to the shops, and I feel bad. Um, yeah, it's all right. Um... <laughs> Um, it, I don't know. I just thought it was quite a straightforward story. I was Chris Pine's good. I didn't quite get why everybody flocked towards him, literally, other than 
the English are bastards. I, I, it was like his character didn't feel particularly get behindable. Um, even though I think the film itself acknowledges that with his like big speech at the end, where it was just like, I don't give a fuck what you believe in as long as you fight, which was a bold choice. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, impressive, uh, impressive battle scenes, well staged. Um, I, I, I just, I, I thought it was very in one eye, out the other. Um, even though I did very, very much like whenever Aaron Taylor Johnson killed the fuck out of someone with a sword, had blood spattered all over his face, and just screamed. Yeah, that, that happens a few times, and that was good. I kind of, I would have liked to have seen a film about his character more than Chris Pine's. I think he was more complex. Um, he actually kind of had something behind him, like with Robert the Bruce. It was almost like the backstory at the at the start about how he was pissed off about the fact that they gave up their lands. That's kind of it for his character. I mean, what what else is there? He doesn't grow. Um, he's really good at fighting at the start, and he's really good at fighting at the end. He easily attracts people towards him at the start. He easily attracts people towards him at the end. Um... You know, he's he's a good guy with Florence Pugh at the start. He's a good guy with her at the end. It just, I I don't know. It 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 just felt like there was something missing that made it particularly worthy of attention, and certainly worthy of that budget. Um, but yeah, what did you think? I'm, I'm I'm very much the same in the sense that it's the thing is. It very much is. It's a. Um, it's, it's another the English are bastards, which I'm fine with the English are bastards because we kind yeah. of are. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm fine with that. But it, it's kind of not adding anything else onto the English are bastards. And I was sitting there, I could have listed certain things before watching the film, knowing nothing. About it, just knowing what it's knowing the, what the story is about, I could have listed things that would happen, and all of them would all of them happen. So I had um, that uh, a, a woman will sing a Gaelic tune, uh, and that's what happens. It happens there. A a small boy will will ask uh, Chris Pine if he's the King of Scotland. Uh, that that happens. Uh, the, at some point, the Scottish will shout for Scotland at some point on there. And at some point, a royal will act snivelly, which is there. And I'm not saying none of these things will have actually happened, but it, it, it almost did feel a little bit like I've just watched a £120 million sorry, sorry, dollar, um, David McKenzie passion project, which is him aggressively telling you how Scottish he is uh, and how much he hates the English for all these reasons, which are 
fine reasons. I'm fine with that, and I'm fine with him hating the English. I'm English, and I fucking hate most of the English. Um, I'm fine with that. But the only reason why it's got made is not because Netflix gives a shit about this story at all. Mm. It's because he could bring Chris Pine along with him. That is why it got made. There's no what is there? It's and got a lesser Chris. It's got it's got the best Chris no. in it, and it just feels a little <laughs> bit like. Do you know what? I'd have preferred four David McKenzie and Chris Pine films that were like Hella High Water rather than this. Hella High Water was, I, I think it was my third best film of, of, of last year, year before. Um, and um, it, it could quite easily have been number one on, any, on, on, a, on, a, given, on a given day. I thought it, it was an incredible piece of work. Mm. This is just, it's fine. Chris Pine's really good in it. He's really good in it. Aaron Taylor Johnson is really good in it. And yeah, him screaming at everything. There's a great moment in the last battle where he literally is shouting at a man, tell what's my name. Yeah. <laughs> he's literally doing that. And the thing is, you can see why he's doing it. And, and I liked that about it. Florence Pugh continues to be great in everything she's in. Um, she's Mrs. Yeah. And all those things are there. But... You've also got two or three scenes of women singing a Gaelic tune. It's like, do you know what? A bit pain by numbers. Yeah. Mm. And we've got a small boy asking him, what is it? And we've got that. But even though I will say, I did like the guy saying, yes, he is your cheeky wee shite. Like, I I thought that was quite funny. It was fine. And the, um, you know, uh, having Edward I saying, Essentially, wanting to use the um, the big, I think it's called like, well, the Warhammer or something like that, that was actually built and is actually the historical record that is there, this massive fucking slingshot, and it's the biggest one ever built, and saying, well, we've built it, so we're going to use it, and then using that, and then going, now you can call the war off. Well, he doesn't actually need to use it, he's just used it because they've built it. Built and there was little moments like that, and then a moment. Uh, and then the, um, oh, well, that was quick. Well, you know all about that. There was moments like that that mm. were fun. Mm. Um, but it, it just, it kind of finished and I just thought, yeah, that, 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 was, that, that was the film I expected to I, watch. I will say as well, Chris Pine was actually quite quick. He was actually in, in what is it? But 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 but, but Pew, Pew seemed to get her worth. I mean, like, she, she was into it and... Yeah. Which we all would be. That well, and that woman continues to be quite fetching. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I I commented on her bottom when talking about malevolent a few weeks back, and I there, there was a, a fair bit of the, the front of her in this film, and I was not displeased by that. Is it her? Is it the sister of malevolent? Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, and and Becky. Um, if, if, if the question that I always ask when we start a film is, is there boobs? Is there boobs? There was boobs. Was there boobs? There was boobs. Oh, yes. five Fives. Not enough boobs in film. Solid, solid, solid areolas. Yeah, solid <laughs> chest action. Got to no. be like. It, no, Amy Adams bullshit. Fucking wear her nipples, Superman. <laughs> Fuck you. And, and I mean, like to be. I mean, to be fair, Florence Pugh. I mean, she's a really interesting actress. I mean, she kind of broke through yeah. with the falling, which is an overrated piece of fucking bobbins that you yeah. literally only like if you like the smell of your own farts. Um, 
fucking the falling. Um, but <laughs> she was great in Lady Macbeth, like chilling in that fucking film. Like, I, I, have you guys seen that? I've still not watched it for some reason. That thing is a fu- like it. Oh, dearie me! Like, I'll never watch that film again. She's very good in it. Um, but then she also does Malevolent, you know, and it, it it's weird because she hasn't really done any kind of blockbustery type stuff yet, as far as I'm aware of. And I mean, this is kind of the closest to it, I suppose. But she's an interesting actress, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does. I think she's still only like in her early twenties as well, so she's got a long time ahead of her. And l- l- looking forward to see, it. and you know, she she has presence here. Yeah. She, she's very she, she she's very good in it. Um, mm. I did actually see an interesting tweet from her uh, earlier. I think today. I think it was. Um, oh yeah, the Clinton. The Clinton one. Mm. Uh, somebody, have you seen this? Bit? Somebody no. put a picture uh, of um, Hillary Clinton um, when she was a lot younger and put, "We must have uh, at Florence Pugh for a Hillary Clinton biopic." And put a picture of Florence Pugh next to it, and it's it uncanny. And then Florence Pugh retweeted with a comment saying, "Like the real." <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was yeah. But she's very good in it. But it's I don't know. There's there's just something that isn't quite there for me. With her or with the film? With the film, there's a lot there with her. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm fucking so I'm bad. joking, kind of. Uh, but yeah, You're it's pushing on the worst, Chris. Um, what? What the fuck did you just say? Second worst, Chris. We have a worst. Pratt. Pratt. Yeah. Pratt is the worst. Why? Because he because because he really likes God. Bit of that, yeah. Don't really like that in a man. Really likes. He's got God. a bit of a dad bod as well. When he when he's in his downtime between movies, he gets a bit of a dad bod going on. Mm. Plus, he's broken up with Anna Faris, so it's like shattered the dream. Uh, you you're still saying Hemsworth, aren't you? For, for number one. Oh yeah, Hemsworth. Hemsworth's best Chris. Evans obviously next best Chris. Yeah. Pine Evans, Hemsworth, Pratt. No, you're wrong. Nah, nah. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with him. Sorry. Yeah, but you're both wrong. If yeah, you've but we're, we're, t- we're two thirds of the show, so you know. Yeah, you've, you've not seen stretch. Maybe you're both boys, so your opinion is less. <laughs> oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think we're more qualified to to, to comment on Chris's. To be fair, stretch is the shit. Yeah. Stretch is fantastic, where you literally get to see his, like, where you get to see his ball sack draping down that window. Which Chris is that? Fine, he's really good in that fucking film he's as well. Fantastic in that film. I cannot, that... I cannot unsee. I cannot unsee it. Stretch what? I cannot unsee the pine in wrinkling time, Captain America, not Team America thing. I can't unsee it, and that's all I see now when I look at his face. I do, I do like the uh, the moment in Stretch though, where they got that weird secret party, and he gives him over the invitation to that thing, and it just smells it and says yes, and then just throws it away. <laughs> I need to watch Stretch again. <laughs> I need to watch Stretch again because it's, it's, it's a great. It's Patrick Wilson. Joe Carnahan directed it. Well, and then and then Joe Carnahan directed it. They got into an argument with the studio, so just fucking sold it to Netflix. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, Outlaw King. Anything else, Ian? Oh, do you know what? What I will say, I cannot get on with Barry Aykroyd as a cinematographer. What? Because he's too. I'm a get in there. 
there, there is literally a moment in the the big battle scene where it's where there's, there's bits happening and everything like that, and it's a big focus on Pine moment because the you know the Prince of Wales is coming and they have this big fight, and it literally is that there is a like he's like he's pushed his finger forward on the zoom and it's just zoomed forward. And it just jolts like that. Yeah, and, yeah, I know. I know exactly the bit you're talking about. That's I, a good shot. Uh, that's that 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 doesn't feel like a stylistic choice. That feels like he's accidentally pressed something <laughs> and nobody's noticed. Yeah, yeah. I've not seen this movie. I've just seen the trailer. Yeah. Is there any color in it that isn't like green, gray, red, gray, blue, gray? It all looks really, really fucking gray. There's, there's some pink and some dark pinking. Is that Ariola? <laughs> it is on top. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, is it all just very grey? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but but, but you got to remember, Becky, it's, it's Britain. We're a grey country. We are, but, you know, fuck, at least try. And people say, tell you, oh, they go out, it's, it's a beautiful to walk out and see the countryside. What do I always say? It's brown. fucking not. It's brown, it's not, it's horrible, it's shite. Don't yeah, it is, but fuck, I don't watch a movie about it. No. Uh, the thing is, I'm glad I watched it, but I don't need to watch it again, and I think David McKenzie will make more interesting things, because I think David McKenzie already has made more interesting things. Young Adam's more interesting. How's Young Adam's more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Starduck's more interesting. Mm-hmm. And Helen Highwater's more interesting. And Did I, you say Starduck? Starduck. Starduck. And I haven't seen Perfect Sense. Perf- oh, perfect sense. Fucking love that film. Oh, is that worth seeing? Oh, perfect sense. I've watched it a couple of times. I saw that in the cinema. Really interesting, really, really interesting film, that. It, it's like, if you don't get on with it, fair enough. But he's fucking going for some shit with that. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to definitely give that a go. Because I can say I've liked everything I didn't dislike uh, Outlaw King. So, I mean, I am going to go with definitely not shit. I don't think it's a bad film. I just don't really. It, it didn't connect. I, I don't really see who it's for other than people who hate the English, which there are a lot of people, and that's fine. Yeah, there's a lot of English people who hate the English right now. But I, I just. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I. Some filmmakers don't need to have their passion project made, and I think that sadly, Dave McKenzie is one of those. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad he got it out of his system, to be honest. I mean, I, like, I'm still reeling for that 120 million fucking dollars because it's like, where it it is epic. Don't get me wrong, but like I said, it is a lot of men fighting in a field. Yeah, it it it's, it is a lot of of what are those people who do it for fun? I mean, like to be fair, Chris Pine is probably thinking this is Netflix money. I can't get Paramount to pay me big time Charlie money for Star Trek 4 I bet I can get Netflix to pay me some, a lot of fucking money for Outlaw King yeah uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise you if they paid him like 10 million or something like that yeah totally yeah, yeah. I mean shit man Tony Curran probably got a payday out of this and good for him yeah and the thing is um, you know because it, it, I, I literally it, this is the first one I can I've has happened before. This is the first I can remember that was advertised with a proper trailer on TV. Yeah. Not as like Netflix. Oh, shit, really? I didn't see that. 
Yeah, and like a proper trailer, and I saw it on TV uh, in between the football, so the biggest TV advert space. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it was the, the, the actual trailer, and then at the end of it, after all the, the credit bits and everything like that, it said, only available on Netflix. And that was it. It did start with a Netflix original and do the full what is it. It was a proper, proper trailer trail. No, I'm good for them, but I think the the movie that's the better release, recent release, they've not done half as much publicity for. No, the bad, the bad, it's a strange one, but it doesn't have Chris Pine. Yeah, I suppose. Not everyone's going to be like, oh my God, a Coen Brothers movie. That's it, Coen Brothers movies are hard sells. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Outlaw Kings are definitely not shit, 56%. Oh, so what, what were you on it here, sorry? Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's shit, and I wouldn't even say it's touching cloth. I mean, like, I, I, I enjoyed it enough, but that was kind of about it. Yeah, that's where I am with it. So, yeah, definitely not shit, 56%. Uh, touching cloth, 33%. And uh, shit, 11%. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Ian... Go on then. Um, oh fuck yeah! Sorry, just the Christmas Chronicles is on Netflix from Thursday, and I'm very excited. Is that the Kurt Russell? Oh yes. I watch it till the first of December. Though. Fuck off! We're reviewing it next week. Oh, I know it's bad luck. No, nope, we're reviewing it next week. You can you can break it if it's for a review. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, we're reviewing it next week, Becky. Holy shit, Juliette <laughs> Lewis is in it. We're reviewing it next week. I'm fucking watching it on Thursday night. It's Lottie's... the guy who directed the Angry Birds movie. Oh, fucking A. I like the Angry Birds movie. It's fine. The Angry Birds movie is better than it has any right to be. It is. Did you say Juliette Lewis is in it? Yeah. Are you sure? No, she's not. You're just look like Juliette Lewis. Are you sure it's not the boy called Judah Lewis that's in it? Who got confused? I saw Lewis in a picture of a brunette next to it, but quickly. Still, the Lewis name is of a a ginger boy. I saw it quickly. The important thing is, we're reviewing it next week. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. I'm going to ask Caroline to work on your jumps with you. Yours are nowhere near good enough yet. I'll have to build you up. So that I can dance the protagonist when you perform it. I'll need to see you dance at this level time and time again. I can do it. Olga made folks seem like such heavy lifting. She never understood the heart of Falk. She lacked conviction. I'm relieved she's gone. Thank you for your help with that. Suspiria. Um, right. So, 
So, where do we begin with Suspiria? So, I rewatched the original Suspiria last week, and on Mubi, who released the new one, and watching it, it's just like the colours are amazing, the score's amazing, it doesn't make a lick of sense. But it's about an hour thirty-five long. It it kind of gets in, it gets out, it does its set pieces with bravado, and it it's just it's an experience. Luca Guadagin, a fucking whatever. Luca's Suspiria. Go on, try it. Do it. Guadagina. I thought it was like Guadagino or something. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I gotta go with Guadagnino. Yeah, that's okay. f- so. His Suspiria, it at the start says, I'm paraphrasing slightly, a story comprising of six acts and an epilogue. And right there, yeah, I can say right there already, it's like, oh, so <laughs> story of the film, like on the outset, is pretty broadly similar from the original even though there's an introductory scene which is um chloe grace moretz uh basically crushing her psychiatrist's place uh played by lutz eberdorf but as soon as they open their mouth it's played by tilda swinton um doesn't even try to do a voice like, it's weird. It's basically Tilda Swinton doing a German accent, not Tilda Swinton being an old man doing a German accent. It's Tilda Swinton doing a German accent. It's weird. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz talking about how um, the, 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 they're trying to get inside her and who, oh, it's witches, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it, it starts. Weirdest display of a title I've seen in a film in quite some time. It's like a platform name in a German underground tra- train station. Just left a frame, it says Suspiria. Okay. Which was weird. Um, like, it, it is like you would actually miss it if you weren't looking. Um, very odd. Uh, but yeah, um, Dakota Johnson is Susie Banyan. Um, she's a, you know, she's going to this uh, German uh, art ac- ballet academy, even though it, it's said at the start that she doesn't have any formal training and she's literally going there off the back of just pure insistence that she has an audition. She has an audition and even though she's in the other room, Madame Blank, played by Tilda Swinton, senses the energy and comes in and is like, right, this is the one. So, as Mark said at the start, if you two are definitely sure you're okay with this, I will go full spoilers. Yeah. Right, so I'll say non-spoilers first. This is a film which feels like it is... As much as he's said he was affected by the original film and he wanted to do a remake, it feels like a film made by someone who has a passing interest in Suspiria but really wanted to do a film about the guilt of post-World War II survivors. But with Suspiria on it. Um, (laughs) Right. 
Yeah. Um, it's very, very, very up its ass, um, and completely forgets to be in the slightest scary. There's there's some mental on paper shit that happens in the last half hour. But to be honest, I was so disconnected from it that it was just like, fucking come on. There was a film that I named the worst film I saw of that year, a couple of years back called Voodoo, which was this fucking thing that, uh, bless him, Ivan, who pays me to watch and review this shit, he gave me to watch for Vodzilla and it was, it had a cameo by Ron Jeremy in it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the, the last half hour of Suspiria was the first time I ever thought of that film since reviewing it and casting it out of my mind (laughs) for just how fucking, Right, this is this is what you think a horror film is then, is it? It's a bunch of people fucking cavorting about with what looks like fucking just like I don't know, electric heaters around the side and it kinda looks like it's shot in a dingy nightclub space and but I yeah it just it reminded me of a director video film with a Ron Jeremy cameo called Voodoo. <laughs> that ain't right. No, that's not right. Um, the first two hours or so are cut between Susie Banyan, like getting into the dance, Mia Goff getting increasingly out of the dance, um, and Tilda Swinton walking about trying to solve the the mystery of Chloe Grace Moretz's character while also feeling guilty about stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's not that fun. Um, Visually, it's all right. There's some interesting moments in it. Um, there's, There's a scene about a third of the way through where Susie's doing this dance and it's kind of like psychically killing someone else in another dance studio, which is, there's some, it's an interesting concept, but the imagery is nothing that anyone who watches a decent amount of horror every year would be particularly surprised by. Um, And and then it gets into the, 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 the final act, which I have been slightly oblique about, but will now go full spoilers. So, The whole plot of the film is that Susie, it, well, Madame Blanc, played by Tilda Swinton, is kind of falling in love with Susie Banyan. She's a witch and everybody else are witches and they want to use Susie for this ceremony to resurrect or, or like not kind of like re- restore the vitality of uh, Mother Suspiriorum. Mm. Um, and then it turns out, and it, earlier in the film... They mention that actually, well, maybe she's not the the mother Suspiriorum. She's just saying she is. But if she was, why is she so decrepit now? And that's said about a third of the way through the film. And I was thinking, right, okay, so she's not mother Suspiriorum then. I wonder who is. And to be fair, I was so disengaged from the film 
that it didn't even occur to me that it actually turns out that Dakota Johnson is the whole time. Yep. And it's like, right, okay then. So then Mother Superiorum comes up, and guess what? It's Tilda Swinton in a fat suit. Um, I tried to find some images online and I can't yet which kind of makes sense because it's not like the film is like out there yet Um, but yeah it's Tilda Swinton in a fat suit with like a bit kind of like this kind of lizardy kind of skin and there's like basically there's this whole thing underground where like Lutz Eberdorf is on the ground and he is the witness to all this stuff and they lure him there by conjuring the ghost of his ex who he got separated from during the war and and he it, she convinces him to come back and then they take her, him and he's going to be the witness to the resurrection of Mother Superiorum and he's naked on the ground and he's going, why, why me? I'm not evil. I'm innocent. I'm not guilty. And these naked women are doing dances all over the place and Mother Superiorum is looking at Dakota Johnson and going, you, I want you, and fucking sticking her tongue out at her and going, Aah. and it, it just, it, no. Um, and then Madame Blank is killed by Mother Superiorum and that, uh, and that, well, the fake one, and then the real one reveals herself. And then just goes around fucking killing loads of people. And then she tears her chest open and rips out her heart. And it's like... Brilliant. So, Guadagino, did you basically just go, right, horror fans need their fucking bollocks at the end, so I'm just going to do this shite. And then the epilogue is... The real Mother Superiorum visiting Lutz Eberdorf in bed and going, I'm going to take away your bad memories and you will forget your wife even existed. And then it cuts to present day. Because this film is set in the 70s. And this um, little thing, like wood carving in the house that... Lutz Eberdorf lived with his wife it pans in on that and it's still there and then the film ends it's like right like literally you've just robbed over 150 minutes of my life you fucking cunt <laughs> sorry you just didn't get on with it <laughs> uh, just I it just, it made me really, I haven't felt as angry about a film in a good long time because Dario Argento has not made a good, anything you could even try and classify as good for nigh on 30 years. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Suspiria is a fucking experience. And, like, David Gordon Green was originally attached to this. And given what he eventually did with Halloween, I think with Suspiria, at least he could have done something which would have, I I don't know, felt 
maybe of a piece of the original while maybe trying to do some different stuff this one literally feels like he bought the rights to the screenplay and then just went i'm gonna do my own thing and i'm gonna make it better and he's made it just this fucking baffling grueling pretentious piece of bollock yogurt which i just I, I i mean i was laughing through that like when you see tilda swinton in that fucking fat suit with these black rimmed black glasses on just fucking sticking her tongue out at dakota johnson it just it's what are you doing but uh, do you actually think this is good or do you think this is what the shit munchers want? Like the art house version of shit munchers. So I don't know. What would that, I mean, shit, what would that actually be? What would that art be? House, art house version of shit munchers is avocado toast twats. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Is that what the avocado toast twats want? It's Tilda Swinton in a lizardy skin fat suit. Sticking her tongue out at someone. I mean, I actually genuinely do think that that is what the avocado toast twats want. Yeah, but probably maybe yeah. But I mean, like, there's also there's um there's this there's this one mousy character who I also thought was Tilda Swinton, but maybe not. But maybe who she's a four. Sorry, she supposedly plays four in it. Yeah, okay, that would be the fourth then. I would think who she's another one of the witches who just stares at people it doesn't say a fucking word and then just round the dinner table one night just gets a knife out and just fucking kills herself and like literally she's only on screen for a few minutes but it was just like what the fuck was that about and i like i swear they don't actually pick up on that at all the and just the what Susie Banyan was actually doing, I, I kind of have no idea. It was like she was fucking with Madame Blanc, but then at the end she kills a load of people who voted against Madame Blanc from taking over the coven. But then, yeah, which I suppose makes sense because she was vote, she was against the fake Mother Superiorum, but then also she kind of seems like she's... Why isn't she just honest with Madame Blanc earlier on and says, well, I'm Mother Superiorum, let's team up and fuck or whatever. I, I, it just, it, it, it's, it's fucking risible. But there are occasional moments which are visually interesting and the cast are all obviously giving their all. But it's, I don't know, it's giving your all to a, just a shitty enterprise. I don't know, it's like trying to be fucking employee of the year at a fucking motorway service station Costa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, it's a low title, isn't it? You know, it 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 just utterly misguided. You're putting in so much effort, but into that, I it like I I was excited by the first trailer. The word came out that it was kind of bobbins, and I was hoping for the best. I did not want to come out of this after two and a half hours of my fucking Friday night saying this shit, 
And I am. Oh, and do you know what as well? Tom York warbling all over the fucking front end and the back end as well. Nah, not having it. I've, I've, all I've heard about the Tom York score is it's great when Tom York isn't fucking singing. Yeah, the, the, the actual score through the film is fine. But he's warbling all over the opening credits and at the end. And it's just like, no, 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 just shut the fuck up. Um, it will probably be in my bottom 10 films of the year. I'm trying to decide if it's my most disappointing film of the year because there is another candidate. It's fucking awful. Wow. I did not expect that. No, I, I, the thing is, I, I, if it was in York, I'd still be rushing to go and see it just to, just to see. Just to see it. Just yeah. to see it. But I, I, I am, I'm a little bit... I still want to see it. It's just... The cinema in Leeds, it's shown out as a twat to get to. Mm. Um, so I might wait till it comes to City Screen. Because I think, it, I think it is doing other cinemas later I'd, on. I'd be fascinated to see see what you guys think of it. I mean, I know Noel will aggressively hate it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like it will, yeah. Like, I, 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 I wonder with you guys, but I wouldn't be surprised if you did hate it. If it's just a Tilda Swinton variety show, I'm not... Yeah, you're, 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 you're very opposed to that, aren't you? The, the thing that makes me about Tilda Swinton is she started off really strong and she's just crawled up her own arse. Yes, she has. And found um, lots of costumes in there and, and decided to wear them Yeah, off. and shit voices and eyewear. Um, and it's it's really disappointing, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I still want to see it. I don't want to see the original before I see this, though, because I feel like the idea of Suspiria, the, the original's great, and it will need to be, the palette will need to be cleansed. You're going to watch it as a palette cleanser instead, yeah. possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if you watch it before, and then you go and see this and it's shit, it's just going to look more shit. Yeah. I would be intrigued to see, knowing you know, going into it and knowing who Dakota Johnson is, whether that actually makes any sense. Yeah. Like, because I really, really don't think it does. Even thinking back on it. Mm. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if you, I mean, shit, man. I, if you do see it, it'd be, it'd be worth another chat. I would very much recommend you don't waste your time. But, <laughs> It, it is. If, it, if, it, if it turns up in York, definitely see it. If it's not, it, it might be a bit strong. At some point, it's just... When? When? Yeah. Uh, what else have you been watching this week, then, Ian? Um, so, Nativity Rocks. <laughs> Ian, did you think at the start of this week you'd be saying Nativity Rocks is a better film than Suspiria? No, but I also wouldn't say that I didn't think Nativity Rocks was going to deal with the Syrian refugee crisis. So, you know, the world's full of surprises. Yeah. Um, Nativity Rocks starts with people in a boat, like, coming to the UK shores and a kid being separated from his parents, from his dad, when basically trying to evade capture and then it cuts to a seemingly mentally disabled 
guy trying to search for his also seemingly mentally disabled secret brother who's a teaching assistant who then walks into a primary school looking for his brother just gonna say there's no fucking way you're walking into a primary school unless it's like specifically drop off pick up time um (laughs) Like just that, just no. I've either that or Saint Bernadette's is a fucking heaven for paedophiles, um, and gets a job in the school because he can help put on a rock opera nativity, and then a social worker. Played by a woman who was a, it was in Strictly Come Dancing a couple of years ago, whose name I forget, brings the Syrian refugee boy to the school. They discover his story and then decide we're going to get you on TV doing this nativity rock opera, so that your dad can see you on TV and he'll know where you are. But then, spoiler alert for Nativity Rocks. The dad finds him before they've even done the thing that is broadcast on TV. So the entire raison d'etre for the film is kaput. It's also got a what felt like a 10-minute montage sequence of people going between Coventry and some farming town constantly missing each other while trying to reunite the Syrian refugee father with the Syrian refugee son. All while mentally disabled teaching assistant is in a bath with a dog, brushing the dog's mouth using a teacher's toothbrush. I'm I'm not entirely sure I didn't hallucinate Nativity Rocks. (laughs) It sounds a bit mental, I'm not going to lie. It's the fourth one of these films. Yeah. And it's fucking staggering that the same person wrote and directed them all and they were ever allowed to make a film after the second day of production on the first. (laughs) But... Nativity Rocks is better than the remake of Suspiria because it actually has a point. It wants to tell a story about inclusion and how Christmas is about welcoming others who may be from other backgrounds and may be a bit scary and intimidating because they don't speak the same language as you as well, but you should welcome them nonetheless. Suspiria is, I don't know, post-war guilt. Shrug emoji. (laughs) what else is a better film than Suspiria Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is 
It's actually quite faithful to the book as well. We've been reading Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to Lottie. Um, she's We've read it through a couple of times to her, and she loves it. And didn't realise that the uh, Oompa Loompa songs in the remake are actually much more faithful to uh, the songs than the songs in the uh, Gene Wilder one. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all cg all the time but it's it's interesting visually all the way through and it, i don't know it's quite sweet pun intended willy wonka's dad's an orthodontist in the book though is he no i don't i think i think that that bit is that's new it's creative license yeah it, it, it's kind of back i mean shit his dad i don't think worked in a toothpaste factory getting replaced by a robot in the in the in the film in the um the original story either but um I, I, I think it's a fine adaptation. I don't think it's amazing, but um, I, you know, I thought it was fun enough. We rewatched it quite recently, didn't we? And I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Thought it was fun. Nice. I, I have, I have no connection to the original. So, mm, see, I, I do, but also to the book. So, like, I can kind of get behind both. Honestly, it's Johnny Depp's Bob. I'm fine with it. I agree with Bob on a man. Well, no, I don't, but he's spoken mentally. I don't think many people agree with Johnny Depp, to be fair, so, you know. <laughs> That's true. Um, shit, there's been some other stuff as well. Um, fucking hell, so... Uh, uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I talked about Proud Mary last week. Fuck, man, I swear I've got something else. I, oh, I forgot to talk about Overlord last week. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew there was something. So, uh, directed by Julius Avery. Uh, this is uh, the World War Two Nazi zombie horror film, which is uh, it's a good time. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I was half cut watching it. I had fucking, <laughs> I had four IPAs during the film. <laughs> so um, you know, t- but I kind of think that was probably the way to go. Um, I literally halfway through the film thought that because people were saying that this was actually a stealth Cloverfield sequel and stuff. And then it kind of died down. I actually thought this was going to be a full on Wolfenstein game, uh, like movie. Like I thought, I honestly thought it was going in that, that direction for a couple of minutes and that would have been amazing. Um, but no, um, but it's basically uh, a dude is uh, parachuted down, shit goes wrong. He teams up with Wyatt Russell and other kind of stereotypes and uh, is trying to destroy a radio tower. But it turns out beneath the radio tower, Nazis are doing some weird fucking reanimated corpse shit. Um, it, it's fun. It's grisly. It earns its 18. Um the war sequence at the sequence at the start is really good tense all the way through Pilau as Bayak, um, who was Scarlett Johansson's kind of right man, man in ghost in the shell. He's the bad guy in this. He is fucking hamming the shit out of it. And I love it. <laughs> like he's great. And he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, it, it, it's just, it's a great deal of fun. It hasn't done very well, which is a shame. No, it hasn't. Uh, though I would argue putting this out around the time of our, like the hundred year anniversary of the end of world war one was quite tasteless. And I think almost from a moral point of view, yeah, I think this not doing well kind of is acceptable. 
Um, but based on its own merits, it's 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 a fun time. It will be one heck of a good beery Netflix watch. And that's where I will probably watch it and probably quite enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So there we go. And I, it's fucking. There's something on the tip of my fucking mind that I'm forgetting to talk about, and I'm going to kick myself. But I, I, yeah, I'm I'm going to say I'm out. Have a think, and we'll go into our best. Do you want to do our, the first one? Because I've spoken about the podcast already and you've not. Yeah, so we watched um, Black Panther, um, which obviously, like you say, you'd seen, I hadn't missed at the cinema. Okay. Uh, wasn't terribly fussed at the time to see it, but there's been so much buzz about it since that I've been a little bit regretty about the fact that I didn't go and see it. Um, so obviously it's on, it's on Sky Movies now. Um, and we've been kind of umming and ahhing about giving it a watch for a while, haven't we? Um, yeah, was it was it a Friday afternoon watch for us? Yeah, so both off Friday. Yeah, um, I feel within the greater political context of the world in which it was released, it's a much more important film than the actual content of the film. The film's fine. I, I wasn't blown away by it in the way that I expected to be. Um, but it's, I mean, it's fine. It's a Marvel movie. They're, they're all, they're all pretty good within their own sphere. I just, I feel like, I think I expected an awful lot more from it, given the amount of buzz that it's had. Yeah. Um, which is possibly a little unfair on the film to, to have that kind of expectation, but... Do you know what? it's fun, it's um it's good, obviously it sets up a new character within within that Marvel universe. Bucky Barnes comes back at the end, which is always nice. Um but yeah, I was I was a bit underwhelmed to be perfectly honest. I I, I think that's interesting that you say it's um it's kind of more notable for kind of what it represents rather than what it is. Um yeah. And yeah, I mean that—that's the thing. I mean, I think from like a production design point of view and the kind of the world building, I think that film is amazing. Um, and I think it's really entertaining. But it, it just like the story it's telling. I mean, the the climax of the the, the whole third act is very very standard mm. person versus evil mirror version of them. Um, though I think that ending. Like the the kind of the final conversation that Jordan and Bozeman have, yeah, is quite is quite powerful. Um, but I, I yeah, I don't know the kind of like the having the the one guy like Martin Freeman kind of doing the virtual flying shit. It, it, you know, yeah, all right then. Uh, what did you think of Andy Serkis though, Bex? I, I I really liked him in this. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good. It was a good buddy. Um. He's yeah. He, I, I thought he, I thought everyone was 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 good in it. I don't think I don't have anything bad to say about it necessarily, but it 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 was it felt quite formulaic. And I think the the, the things that a lot of the the Marvel movies do is it makes you feel like stuff. Even if you know you're watching stuff like Civil War and you know that neither Iron Man or Captain America die because. 
you already know the next 10 movies that Marvel are bringing out, but it feels quite high stakes while you're in it. Mm. And this didn't. It, it just felt it just felt quite flat to me for a lot of it. There's there's good bits in it, mm. but it's but then they kill it off. You are and they kill it off. You mean Michael B. Jordan's the best thing in it? Yeah, he's the best villain Marvel before Thanos. He's the best. I, I, I could probably still even throw Thanos at that. Well, he's, he's a relatable. He's villain. the best villain that yeah. I, I think the part. Yeah, I still maintain that Black Panther is a cheat. Yeah, you're not happy about that, are you? I still maintain that, that he's cheated. Um, but you want dead. No, technicality. Technicality. If they hadn't have put the spirit of the Black Panther back into him, he wouldn't have survived. They has to have the spirit of the Black Panther removed out of him to, for the challenge. Therefore, he is cheated. But he'd already survived because Mbappe no, didn't say but it, No, because technically he hadn't. It, 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 he's cheated. It's a technicality. It's a cheat. He's a cheat. They don't like that they have all this system and all this process for how, for what happens. And then when the result doesn't go their way, they just decide to do whatever. Do, do, do the bit we like anyway. Just FYI, everybody, we got into a very deep political discussion about British politics off the back of this whilst we were watching it on Friday afternoon. So I'll save you all that and just say Matt wasn't happy. I'm still not happy. He, but yeah, but he, he is right. The, 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 it's also one of the strongest scenes in the film. It's it, that scene where he, he carries him out to, to look over Wakanda and, and you've got the, we could save you. And he's like, nah, I don't want to be saved. He, he, he's a character who is absolutely, he's so entrenched in his, in his belief that he, his hatred is right and that he has justification for it. And he does have justification for it. He has justification he is right. for hating them. But, and, and I'm not for hating him, though. I want him that did it. It wasn't him, but he's, he's so consumed by, by <clears throat> the hate for why these people can't see it from his point of view that he is prepared to die for that. And it makes him a better character. I mean, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like you, you see his worldview. It's just the way he's going about doing it is the thing that makes him the bad guy, not what yeah. he believes. And that, that that's it. And I, I I think that that is actually it's it, even within the, the the political climate of the film and the political climate of the film that that shining a mirror on and, I, it, and all that lot there. And like you say, Becky, Black Panther is a more important film than what he's been shown on mm. there, and it is fantastic mm. and it, it, it is great. Uh, and but I also think that. that it is lost in all this lot. It is the fact is that it, it does actually have a really strong message at its core. That's kind of, I think, almost got lost in the in the celebration, which is a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. Uh, I will say I'm not going to begrudge it. It's Oscar nominations. I will not be surprised when it doesn't win many. No, but. I'm very much looking forward to the month or so between nominations or and ceremony where people are excited about the Oscars because Black Panther's nominated for a bunch of shit. I and, don't think it's the best picture. But uh, I don't think it deserves to be nominated for best picture. It, it's going to be nominated for best picture. It's go it's it's going to be. It's not even the best Marvel movie that's been out this year. No, I mean like it 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 I would disagree with that. I need to rewatch Infinity War, and I will before we do end of the year shit. I will, um, 
because I know it'll be high up there for uh, for Noel at the very least, uh, as, as, assuming he, he contributes, which I think he should because he has seen a good amount of stuff this year. Yeah. Um, but in four is a significantly better movie than Black Panther, he, and it's he, a much he, richer he movie. Didn't like which is fine. He's allowed to be wrong. The thing is, it, it, it's one of those things. <laughs> if, if Black Panther gets nominated for nominated for Best Picture, I won't accuse it of being a well, that's just nominated. It's not nominated for the quality of the film. It's nominated for that. Because a lot of people did really like it. And I can see why a lot of people would really like it. It's a very rich-looking film. It's a very... There's there's nothing actually... There's nothing bad in Black Panther. I, I, I think Chris Bosman's very good. And I don't think he's charismatic at all. No, no, no. I think he's I think he's pretty... I, I, I think that... Do you know what ruined it for me as well? What? How fucking bored he looked doing the Black Panther thing. In after like a couple of weeks after it, do you know what? You're in a fucking Marvel movie. You are a icon to many, many people who have seen this film and really identified with it. Don't look so fucking bored. Um, Appreciate your privileged position that I, you're in. I just don't think it's very charismatic. No, no, no. I don't. no. I, I mean, like to be fair, I wonder how much Marvel are kicking themselves for casting him and not Michael B. Jordan. Mm. You know. But- Michael B. Jordan is. I, I do think he plays a better villain. I, 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 and just talking about Oscars again, which is weird for Marvel, but I, you know, Jordan is well deserving of a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Yeah, I would thoroughly agree with that. I think, I think, I think he's fantastic in this. And he gets over the, the the rage, but also the glee that the rage gives him as mm. well. He, he he's not he's not just in it. For the end game, he's actually in it for the fucking journey as well. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. the, that that every mark on my skin is somebody I've killed, and he's he's enjoyed the journey of getting to where he is, and he would have enjoyed the continuing fucking journey. I mean, like the the man is a ribbed condom made flesh. I mean, it's yeah. it, it, it's quite incredible. Black Black Panther in this feels Superman esque to me. In that it's just this really bland, just fucking blank slate of a character. Like Superman as a character in the DC world has always been a bit boring because he's just he's just really like fucking Boy Scout, and that's what Black Panther feels like to me. Chadwick Boseman plays him so flat. You know, yeah, he's nice to look at, but apart from that, yeah, I just I think that's really let it down. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think that's fair. What else you watched, Bex? So we rewatched Rogue One. Um, why did we rewatch Rogue One? Uh, because you've been not to watch it for ages. Uh, it, it, it's it's probably my favourite Star Wars movie, uh, and um, Felicity Jones is adorable. She is quite adorable. Yeah, so we we we, we rewatched Rogue One. Um, and uh, followed that up with the first half of The Last Jedi, which we didn't get all the way through, so we'll talk about that next week. Um, but uh, why are you so suspicious of my water? I don't know, it looks weird. It's just water. It looks weird. Stop, stop drinking my water. Weirdo. Um, again, we'll go in too much into the plot. Everyone's seen Rogue One. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... We've rewatched it. Oh shit! What? I just remembered what I didn't talk about. Sorry, carry on. Okay, you can do that one next. 
Um, we, yeah, we, we, we saw the cinema, then we've rewatched it since, and then this is a re-rewatch. Um, I just, I don't, I don't think it loses anything at all for not being in the cinema or anything like that. It's just a really fantastic story. Um, I think as well, again, that's what we were saying about Marvel movies feeling high stakes. This, I mean, obviously it is, but you already know the end before you've even started watching it. You know they all die, getting the plans, the deaths are. But it's it's such a good, again, journey getting there that... Um, it's, uh, it, I mean, it's, it, it's really engaging in, in the way that I don't think any of the other Star Wars movies are for me. This is my favourite Star Wars movie. Which is quite weird because you're a Star Wars fan, aren't you? Yeah, but I, 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 think, I think sometimes a lot of pomp takes the place of the emotional story with Star Wars and a lot of the slavish kind of... I don't want to say fan pandering because it's... That, that, I kind of do, yeah. You know, there's the certain things they have to get done. And in this, the only thing they had to get done is they had to end up with the Death Star plans and everyone had to die. Anything up to that point, really, was kind of fair game. Yeah. Um, I think the, the people they've chosen to be in it are all great. I think um, on... What's he called? The the robot dude. Uh, Alan Tudyk. K2SO, K2. Yeah. Just call him Alan Tudyk. All right, Alan Tudyk really annoyed me when we saw it in the cinema and doesn't anymore. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. I, quite, I quite liked him. Uh, yeah, he really bugged me. Diego Luna is great. Diego Luna's always great, though. Donnie Yen's great in it. Donnie okay, yeah. Yen's always great. Yeah, I, I just... It's... I absolutely love it. And the thing is, I think in this one, more than any of the others for me, I really, really... I know all these people are going to die, but I really, really care about them. So when they do die, it's it's really... I was in tears watching this at the cinema. Mm. The, the thing is, it, it's, a, it's a cast of of people who are always great in stuff. Mm. They're not always in great movies, but we're always great in stuff. It's a cast of people like that, of those type of actors. And Forrest Whitaker doing a really fucking weird voice. He's great, though. Like he's great. I, I, like, I like the fact that he goes full mental, but he's doing a weird voice. It's a weird voice. The only one small criticism I do have is that the the CGI guy... Um, who is it again? Oh, I've gone away. I don't know. I, I, I can't remember. But yeah, the CGI guy, it's, it's really bad. CGI. Yeah, it's not great. I, I, I remember not having a problem with it when we spoke about it on the podcast. Mm. Um, and Ian, both Ian and Steve did have a problem with it. Uh, and then uh, now watching this, I kind of did look at it and go, oh yeah, I should have had a problem with this. He <laughs> looks like a computer game character. He does look like a computer game character. Um, I mean, and the layer one at the end... Again, it looks a bit hokey, but nowhere near as bad as he looks throughout it. But it really makes me hope that if they do some kind of Carrie Fisher stuff in the next Star Wars movie, they do it better than that. <laughs> they just needed to have him just one scene, just fucking back turned with yes, the voice. The voice was fine, and just go with that. Like, yeah. the technology was not ready. Yeah. Absolutely agree. Um, so that's yeah. my only minor complaint about it. Well, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, very much of Rogue One. I, I do, I do think it's 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 a very enjoyable movie. 
yeah, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And our final one. Well, Ian thought of his last one. Oh, sorry. Do you want to just do that final one? Then you can do that one now. Do you want to do yours now? And Mark, how did you not remind me about Gotti? Oh, oh God, you watched Gotti. <laughs> God, you can do got it. I'll just, my just, final one. Yeah, just like, okay, so just quickly, because God knows it doesn't deserve that much time. <laughs> I did watch one film this week that was worth, worse than Suspiria, and that was Gotti. So I rented this for free. God bless Rakuten, because they just every week give you a free rental through this one two app I have with free. So I'll be renting more standard definition films in the future, apparently. Um, Gotti. Uh, so this is directed by Kevin Connolly of Entourage fame um, and stars John Travolta and Stacey Keach, um, which was interesting. Uh, this film starts with Gotti narrating the film, looking like John Travolta, even though when Gotti died, he's John Travolta in old age makeup, but he's narrating it as if he's in the prime of his life. And it's about, which is weird. Um, so it's about John Gotti, a man who is so comfortable with crime that he says in this film, if I robbed a church and had a steeple hanging out my ass, I'd deny it. Which makes me think, Gotti, what is your concept of robbing a church? Do you mean <laughs> robbing the contents? <laughs> How many, is, that, so, is that what he did? Do you want to take a sack, John? No, no, no. Just stick things up my ass. Well, no, but like, I think, yeah. I, I don't think when you rob a church, you necessarily take, take the church. You, you don't take the building. Yeah, you just take the I shit think, out of the inside. I outside. think Gotti did. Do you that, which is just the one of the best lines I've ever... Actually, do you know what? This is better than Suspiria, because I had that line. <laughs> um, and yeah, so basically, it's about a fucking arsehole who rises through the ranks because I don't know. Um, he has some kids and there's some tragedy and one of his kids goes to military school then decides to actually be one of the fucking like mafia guys or don guys whatever the fuck he actually is um and you don't know why everyone around him seems to love him you don't know why <laughs> at the end there's archive footage of his real funeral and everyone's talking about why they loved him and i don't know why it's a film that feels like it was supposed to be three hours long, cut to 100 minutes. <laughs> um, there's a montage sequence towards the end, which goes through quite a few significant life events. Um, it goes from Gotti being indicted to him going to jail, his son picking up uh, the reins... His son losing the grip on power. Uh, Gotti being diagnosed with terminal cancer. His son being arrested in a RICO conspiracy. His son deciding that he's going to test, basically testify against his father for a lesser sentence. And Gotti dying 
in the space of a montage sequence, which is about 10 minutes long with just this, like, same, like, what seems to be just, like, eight-bar guitar riff going in the background throughout (laughs) the entire thing. Um, It's awful filmmaking. He he was fully in with it, wasn't he? He was. He was well up for it. This it's the cinematic equivalent of someone. It, it, I don't know. It's the cinematic equivalent of someone having literal skeletons in their closet, and someone saying, "I'm gonna open this closet to Sky News." <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for it, and literally, this is what the plot. I'm gonna read you the full plot description. Yeah, right? do it. The Wikipedia page. Do it. For it. Do it. The film chronicles a three-decade reign of crime boss John Gotti and his rise as the head of the Gambino crime family in New York City, along with his son John Jr. and his loyal wife Victoria. That's it. Read the bit above it. The bit above it, in the little kind of like, not synopsis bit of the film, but the little sort of like bits about it. Uh, It says, the main theme theme for the film, Amor, performed by American rapper Pitbull and British singer Leona Lewis, was released on June 15, 2018. (laughs) Why do those people even know each other? Wow. It, it literally, it literally is. I think Leona Lewis could get released from her contract with her record company based on that paragraph. Yeah. Wow. Because it's like I think it's just a co- it's a collection of people who someone have dirt on and they may do this thing. Well, uh, no, yeah, it feels like it. Do shit things. Well, no, that's true. Pitbull is the one I'm thinking of. He's the one with the little soul patch that looks that. Could not look more like a date rapist. He does, yeah. He does. Yeah. I feel feel both really bad. That man has date raped dangerously young and dangerously old women as well. Allegedly. What? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's... I don't know. It, It feels like Bizarro World Community Service... Uh, it, it, I, I, I just, it's, it, it's a fucking, it's awful. It's so bad, and it just, it, it's really depressing to see Travolta in something like this because he does seem into it. It's not like the Cage in the late noughties, early teens, just doing whatever to pay a tax bill. He's trying. Yeah, he, he he literally took a pay cut to make that movie. I still really want to see it, regardless. And I feel both terrible and weirdly proud of the fact that you've watched this, and it feels like it's off the back of our conversation following the general thought discussion last week. No, it was. It it was totally off the back of that. And like I said, I would you never pay to see it, and I didn't. You literally, Becky, literally said to me while we were having a drink uh, and having some fries at Brew York. And you were watching that. You think literally find yourself and went, oh, That's went, my fault. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and gave me no context because I still need to listen to the first like hour and a bit of the last podcast because I wasn't on it. So I get the joy of listening to it. You're um, But just literally the way she pointed herself and she went, My fault. Right? Mm. <laughs> it was totally her fault. It's just like, I got this notification saying I can have a free rental. And I was just like, I said I wasn't going to pay to watch Gotti. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I will. I will watch it, and I actually, and I have a feeling that I will watch it and possibly even enjoy it. It's so fucking bad, Mark. I mean, like you'll have a like with with a couple of drinks, you'll have you'll have a good time, but it just it's it's fuck it. I mean, it's it's the actual filmmaking is borderline incompetent. I mean, it's incredible. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. No, so I, I, I don't know. It just, it is, yeah. I, I just it sounds fuck. so absurd that it's an experience that needs to be experienced. It just the thing, like I say, it is like it's supposed to be this three-hour epic <laughs> that the studio took one look at and was just like, we can't fucking release that. What? <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, our our final film that we watched. Uh, is the um, Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves movie Destination Wedding. I am so intrigued by this. Right, so, uh, we'll go mild spoilers on it. We haven't seen it. No, we're not, but it's not like, it's hard to spoil a movie that is this, isn't it? There's yeah. not actually that many spoilers in it. But no. essentially, Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves meet at a uh, airport. Q. Um, Q. Uh, and then kind of not get on, but then find out on the plane that they're actually going to the same destination wedding and um, are actually really, but are actually quite, they're not like, they're the distant guests, but are quite closely linked. So um, Keanu Reeves' character, Frank, is the stepbrother of the groom. They share the same mother. It's always put half, across. Half brother. Half brother, sorry. Half brother, yeah. Half brother, yes. Uh, and um, we're on a rider's character. Um, Lindsay used to be engaged to the groom. And they've never met, and it is explained very quite well why they've never met, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's basically because he fucking hates all his family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is brilliant about this movie is it is quite literally 85 minutes. The only two characters who actually talk in the movie are Lindsay and Frank. No other character talks wow, to each other. Wow, really? Oh, no other character talks to them. It is just them. Not on screen. Not on screen. No. Bits happen off screen or you can see what's happening, but you are spending all of your time with them. And I love the bit where they go off to talk to different people. Yeah. And it just focuses on their empty table yeah. until they come back. Um, or, or it'll focus on one of them sat watching the other one talking yeah. to somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's what happens. So it literally is 85 minutes of them talking. And Keanu Reeves being an arsehole. <laughs> and uh, when a rider's character. Um, calling him. Calling him out on it. Being an arsehole. Uh, whilst being neurotic, and she's call he's calling her out on being neurotic, and but then the wonder of it is he's admitting that he's an arsehole, and she's admitting that she's neurotic, and it is just that, and it it's quite adorable fun. Yeah, you know, it, it, if it was a minute longer, it'd be too long. Um, but it is the perfect balance. There's not really much more story to discuss than that. Is there's, there's not. It literally is just them two. It's just, just them, them at a destination wedding. Just being them. Bickering. Yeah. But also being quite bitchy. 
Yeah, the bitchiness is fun. Yeah, there's no big revelation or anything like that in it either, is there? No. Mm. It's just it just kind of goes along, but it's um, it ha- it owes a lot of to something like um, the before trilogy, without question. Um, so it, it, mainly to, to before sunrise, it, it owes a lot for that. It, to be fair, it owes a lot to their on-screen chemistry. I, I genuinely yeah. believe you could follow Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder to a destination wedding and film them without their knowledge and get pretty much the same movie as this. Yeah, you, you, you probably could. Um, it also has... Uh, I, I found, Joan, it, it, the, the pattern between them has a lot of uh, strong links to something like the pattern between uh, Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal in When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, it's very snappy, in it? Yeah, they're, they're, they're all formed each other and it's it's two very talented people who are very comfortable with each other, mm. being able to fire off each other. It's 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 going to arrive on some streaming service very soon and it'll be well worth a watch. Yeah, nice. really, really, really good. Yeah, I, I, I very, very much enjoyed it. It's It could quite easily have been a generic rom-com and it's, it's very much not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that. It is really, it's really well worth your time. Mm. Uh, right, uh, we do have a couple of Twitter questions. I have seen them. Um, right. Um, I'm not missing any of them. Yeah. Um, Thomas Dejar, uh, at not term Tom Dejar, um which character from a movie, not an actor slash actress, the character, would you go out on a date with and where would you take them? George Bailey, ice skating. That was quick. I saw the question earlier. Oh, right. You saw the question earlier. Yeah. Which character? Yeah. Hmm. You also be like fucking Rosamund Pike's character in Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like Laura Dern in Blue Velvet and just, I don't know, out for a nice burger. Yeah. You're so fucking weird, Mark. <laughs> it, no. literally, literally, I was checking what... <laughs> what um... see where it goes <laughs> you're so weird yeah I I have a feeling it ends up with me at the border a trunk full of hooker heads and uh, going she's just in the bathroom honestly guys she's going to be back and then going who and going oh 
And you notice that every time you've gone past a traffic camera all the way there, she's just put her head down. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not going to say, guys, yeah. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's if you don't end up all Barney out of How I Met Your Mother. What? I'd be fine with that. You'd be alright then. Yeah, if you've yeah. got to go, you got to go in a good way, haven't you? Go do what you love. Yeah. Yeah. A so, crazy, so me and a crazy bitch. Me and Ian both picked nice, wholesome, you know, nice wholesome options. Oh, take Laura out of Blue Velvet for a for a burger and a shake. I've got ice skating with George Bailey out of It's a Wonderful Life. You're going on a fucking crime spree with Rosie Pye. Uh, he's he's basically just like being uh, uh, being framed for something, but he gets to ejaculate <laughs> yeah. in Rosamund Pike. Oh, well, then he gets to be his favourite thing, which is a broken man. Is, is that basically what we're saying? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, all right. Still happy with that choice, but I like <laughs> Still happy with that choice, sticking by it. All right. Oh, struck the landing. Well done. Uh, and our other one, uh, other question. Uh, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. You have the money to make a four-part anthology film around a theme slash genre with the theme slash what? Sorry, what theme slash genre and which director directors are you giving the money to? Wouldn't do it. Fuck off, Phil. No, um, a four-part anthology. That's a fucking TV show. No, no. I mean, if if we're talking film, if we're talking film, yep. Uh, nah, still wouldn't do it. Nah, nah, can't be doing it. It's got to be a full. It's got to be a full form narrative. What, what are you going for, Bex? Well, you don't agree with mine. I think you've cheated a little bit. I haven't. I I would do a political retrospective over the last what two three years from various different viewpoints. Three years, three years. But who, who are you getting to direct it? P.K. or Oliver Stone. Yeah, I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. watch that. So you'd have it from various different opposing sides and then it'll end as clearly it's going to end with broken <laughs> global economies and a well, nuclear war. So you mean the the, the shot of a mushroom plant? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they, can just, they can just, you know, record that from a bunker in, in a few months' time. Just use the, that stock footage of it. Well, no, they won't need to because it'll oh. happen soon. You don't want to be there watch it, Ben. Oh, no, but if they do it from a bunker. Um, well, I, I, unlike you, Chadwick Bosemans, I'm actually going to stick to the actual question and not cheat. <laughs> uh, I didn't cheat. I just refused to give an answer. <laughs> um, Mine's not cheating either. Mine fits. All right, Chadwick. Yeah, it actually did, um, Mark. Fucking, you just need to calm down. I have an, I have an actual anthology. Go on, then. It's called Tales from Hollywood. I even had a title. Yeah. Tales from Hollywood, right? And it is to be directed by Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma. This is cheating. No, it isn't. It is. How's it cheating? Because it's... it's Sticking to the actual question. You're doing it in, like... It's just loads of different stuff directed by different people. That's an anthology. Hmm. So was Buster Scruggs, and that was all current. Yeah, but it can be directed by different people. Like, let's say, the VHS films and stuff like that. Yeah, we need to Right? Can let me I continue now? Yeah, go on, then. Um, so I've got Brian De Palma. Yeah, Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. I'm going to throw Spielberg in there. Connect the dots here with them all. What is it? Working together? You know, growing up through what is it together? Yeah. I haven't quite nailed the fourth one yet, though. Mm. I'm quite not quite sure on who the fourth one's going to be. 
So, uh, let's say Paul Schrader, because he impressed us with First Reform last week. Yeah. So let's throw a Paul Schrader in there as well, right? And it's going to be called Tales from Hollywood, and they're going to direct little segments of something that they have seen throughout their career in Hollywood that was a bit batshit, that was a bit mental, and is a real story, and it's going to be that. Interesting. Mm. I feel like that would be more of a series, though. No, it's an anthology film because it's a series. It, 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 it's short little vignettes. Yeah. Yeah. Like four rooms. Yeah, like four rooms. There you go. Yeah. Which is four fucking directors. I know, which is why I brought it up, dickhead. So yeah. Fine, I'll watch your movie. You damn right will, and Netflix will fund it. They funded Outlaw King. They will fund this. <laughs> Uh, the Scottish fucking Robert the Bruce movie no one knew they needed and quickly realised they didn't literally who, who, the biggest thing that seems to be written about it in every review is about Chris Pine's penis yeah see that wasn't enough of a draw for me uh, it's enough draw for most people to be honest uh, right yeah so that was episode 280 what are we covering next week Ian the Christmas Chronicles and what else I'm still not comfortable with that get what's into- fucking happening Becky um, yeah. The Girl in the Spider's Web? Ooh. Oh, yeah, fuck it, I'm up for that. Because it's either that or Robin Hood. Hmm. I'd prefer the foot action rather than the... I'm sorry, right, and I don't normally say this because Jamie Foxx is not so much my type, but he looked, he looked really quite hot in that trailer. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. He's an attractive man. But yeah, uh, yeah, that, I'm up for that. Which one? The um, go the spiders one. Yeah, we're not we're not watching Robin Hood. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So yeah, that's episode two hundred eighty. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We're going to cover that next week. Uh, as usual, hit us up, Film Bastards on Twitter, Film Bastards on Instagram, uh, at Bexy Foz, at Ian Loring, at Dude Foz. It's not at Ian Loring, is it? It is again now, isn't it? Is it? Did you change your back it's in? Back I, I did, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. So, thanks very much for listening, guys. And we shall see you next week. Thank you very much, Becky. And thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, oh, Mark. Oh, well, yeah, cheers, Mark. Thank you, Becky. <laughs> thanks, Ian. Good times. Indeed. <laughs> Fuck you, Rick, for the question about anthologies. I answered oh, it, Rick. I did too. We'll Do better. Back. What's the one from last week? Oh, the character one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I still have caught up on that. It's only been a few days. Yeah, we have, and I've had seven days to think on that one. Yeah. We still know we need to do it, I yeah. promise. Fuck you, Rick. Bye! <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, buddy, there's a faster gun coming over yonder when tomorrow comes. Let me tell you, buddy, and it won't be long Till you find yourself singing your last cowboy song Yippee-ki-yi-yi when the roundup ends Yippee-ki-yi-yi and the campfire dims Yippee-ki-yi-yi he shouts and he sings When a cowboy his spurs for wings When they wrap my body In 
the Ben Lynn sheep And I take my six arms, pull the boots from my feet Unsaddle my pony, she'll be itching to roam I'll be halfway to heaven under horsepower of my own Yippee-ki-yay, he shouts and he sings When a cowboy trades his spurs for wings Yippee-ki-yay, I'm glory bound No more jingle jangle, I'll lay my guns down Yippee-ki-yay, he shouts and he sings His spurs for wings When a cowboy trades His spurs for wings